Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Big Fish, Small Pod. I'm Andrew Werdahl. Today is August 10th. And what I'm going to address today is something of a myth. The uh, myth that the Miami Marlins play in a small market. So shy of that, uh, addressing just like where we are at today, the Marlins lost their opening game against the Philadelphia Phillies and are set to send Sandy to face Noah Syndergaard and the Phillies at 7.05 tonight. But for now, what I'm talking about here on the pod is that myth that the Marlins play in a small market. To like qualify myself a bit on the issue because it is kind of like a widely ranging issue. It kind of like took me addressing this myth took me into a rather, like, deep place. Um, this is going to end up being a two-part podcast that I'll, like, include the rest of on Friday there. But for now, like, I'm pulling from my experience having worked in baseball, not quite the major leagues, but in the realm of sport business. Uh, I've studied at the university level marketing taken classes in sports marketing and that's not like something that I'm like totally out of touch with as a fan but it's also certainly something that I am a podcaster with a spreadsheet if you will I don't have access to the same numbers and everything that you do with like a actual major league team addressing their market and assessing what to do to bring in an income but I'm just here to correct a bit of a narrative. This is big. This is really big. And it starts really with the fact that Miami is a rather large place. Depending on the source, you get a different number for how many people live in the metro area. But as something of an aggregate, Miami, including Fort Lauderdale and extending out to Pompano Beach, you get an approximate 6 million residents that could leave home at 5 p.m. and drive to a 6.40 first pitch game rather pushing it depending on like traffic and whatnot i have something of like a limit on this study and that i'm not a resident of south florida but going from google's projections for travel time from the bailey contemporary arts in pompano beach to lone depot park is an estimated 45 to 90 minutes and 5 p.m traffic it's an even easier trip from homestead to the south and if you go any further south from there you're practically in key largo If you're in northeastern suburbs like Parkland and Weston, 
it's closer than Pompano Beach, taking advantage of the turnpike and avoiding the often crowded Interstate 95. And it's probably the best way to get out, get around Southeast Florida, but it is notoriously congested. About like 90 minutes is what it might take you to go 40 miles during just a day's commute. Economically, what the Marlins present, um, pulling from the fan cost index, which is produced by Team Marketing Report, they go through all major league teams and cite the cost for a family of four to attend a Marlins game as $186, assuming like food, seats, parking, those basic costs. Taking with like a median household income for the Miami metropolitan area of $44,000. And it isn't quite possible with this 162 game schedule, but the average family in the area would be spending about like 50% more than they would be able to allot to a daily budget at $186 to attend a baseball game. To do that 162 games, not that there is that, for your family of four, it would be 67,890. It's a bit of like a fudgy way of calculating these household budgets. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that a family of four, on average, has a higher income than just an average household, being that they like do support children, which has its costs, and I'm sure that is planned for in the income that the adults in the family are seeking. So, the point really is that for the average person, the average household in the Miami metro area, it is possible to attend a Major League Baseball game, and the Marlins are priced such that the average team would need to be making a bit of an exception in their budget to attend some Major League Baseball. Don't give me money, I'll spend it. <laughs> Basically, the people are there in South Florida and the income is there to support a team. So as the Marlins look at the opportunity of South Florida, there is certainly the potential for the fans to come to games. As a further exploration, there's a 2014 study done by Matt Schwartz for the Hardball Times. Class, race, weather, and getting ahead in Major League Baseball. Schwartz looked at career war and birth county of Major League Baseball players over the years and found that as it relates to career production, noting that he did not have information on race, but aware that there's been a decline in African-American Major League baseball player population, he found that coming from a higher income county has become more important towards Major League Baseball production over time. Coming from a warmer weather environment has become more important over time. And warmer weather is more important in high income counties than in lower income counties. Basically, future ballplayers first need the resources and access to baseball equipment, teams, fields, and the knowledge to take advantage of the warm weather from a playing standpoint. Like Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday going first and second in the 2022 draft as sons of former All-Stars Andrew Jones and Matt Holiday, it isn't coincidental 
that going out to play catch with dad was a more gainful experience for those talents. I mean, dad probably even had a batting cage at home. It's a trend that is of access to baseball leading to better baseball production. And that extends probably to your most baseball dedicated people in 2022 and also extends to your less enthused local. Locals that, according to a 2013 Deadspin article titled The Real Cost to Miami for Marlins Park is in the Billions, the $500 million Miami-Dade had to raise to afford the immediate construction of Marlins Park in 2009 was raised by selling bonds that will ultimately cost the city an estimated $2.4 billion to pay back over the course of 2026 to 2048. The 2018 sale of the team from Jeffrey Loria to current majority owner Bruce Sherman valued the Marlins at $1.2 billion. And ignoring the time component of the financial plan and the payback, which is huge because the value of a dollar will be different 20 years from now, the team was only worth about half the cost of the stadium. And there is more that the stadium does for the city than baseball. It's hosted other events, but critical to the choice to publicly fund Marlins Park is that there would be more of an income generator over the term of the loan than the cost of the loan, likely budgeting both to benefit from the Marlins directly. And I have some more kind of fudged numbers on the financial picture of Miami using the fan cost index uh, that accounts for the non-premium tickets, parking concessions. Teams also make money on TV contracts, advertising, and merchandising, so I'm not getting a full picture of the money the team brings in. But speculatively, at the median attendance for a Major League Baseball team in 2022 of about 27,250, and a fan cost index for a family of four being 256, the theoretical average team in terms of cost to attend and crowd size could bring a team 1.74 million per game. That's about 141 million for, 100, for 82 games, and that's before accounting for the other income from sponsorships, media rights, merchandising, and playoffs. So at the current level that the Marlins are at with about 11,633 fans per game at 186 for a family of four, the theoretical mid-market annual earnings for Miami of 141 million becomes more like 41 million in reality. That doesn't like directly convert to a solid economic basis for Miami because increasing the cost to league average doesn't factor for the actual like finances of the area at the time. The minimum wage, for example, is much higher in California. Basically, the Marlins just aren't making that much money. The Marlins have had great municipal support for the stadium, as is available through the Marquette Law School. Uh, the only cost to the team from the city in their summarized lease uh, is an annual rent escalating at 2% each year from 2.3 million owed in 2012. By the time Miami-Dade will be paying its bonds back, um, Miami Marlins will be paying about 3.1 million in rent. 
over the term of the lease, taking it to 2046, only about 117 million is the expected cost to be paid directly to Miami-Dade. Certainly that's if I'm reading and understanding this all correctly. But basically, Miami-Dade entered into this agreement with the Marlins in an effort to drive economic development, not relying on the money directly from the team, but hoping to bring in tax dollars from like payments processed at the stadium and outside of it, like out of town or staying overnight that might also visit your restaurants and beaches and other cultural sites in and around Miami. And the city does own the stadium, but certainly a lot of the value of the $1.2 billion exchanged to get Bruce Sherman and company possession of the Miami Marlins is from the lease signed to keep Major League Baseball a part of the urban landscape of Miami. So after like the surface level, could people get to the game? Could they afford to go to the game? And is there a real like place to go? to the game, the answers are all yes. So the real question next is like, who of that six million could actually go to games and be a fan of the team? On April 4th of this year, Finance Buzz published a poll of theirs of baseball fans after the resolve of the MLB lockout and the announced resumption of the 2022 season and found that 6% of fans polled no longer will spend money on baseball. So it is true that some fans are leaving the sport, or at least saying they're going to. So maybe you can rule that out as a part of the business. Sure, maybe they'll have a change of heart, but you definitely cannot go out of your way attempting to change their heart, which is business advice, but also like really applicable to like any relationship for you. And talking about your fans generally, you do have people who buy tickets and 20 game packages and otherwise have interest in going to the game and are willing to spend the money. So we see that segment in the stadium. Then we have the fans that could be going that just like aren't and maybe there's something that could be done simply to get them to go there. We see that with Sandy's Beach as a small little intro there in your low-key promotions offering discounted food and drinks. But it really seems like what we have in South Florida is a large swath of people like maybe multiple millions of people that just don't know and haven't decided yet whether or not they want to attend a baseball game. But through all that talk, really what we get is that there's only a marginal amount of people that would refuse to go to a game. That's 6% or so. Plus whatever like non-fan is also equally convicted. But that's not really a lot of the Miami metro area. It's something of an affordable outing relative to other major league baseball stadiums. And the Marlins have successfully sold more Marlins baseball to fans with the City Connect jerseys or your ticket packages. And that sort, it's a viable product to those that are into it. But it feels like the Marlins are sitting on top of like a market that can at least sustain success. It's hard to say exactly what this small market misnomer is meant to be, it seems that perhaps maybe just the market is small by the point of sale, because there are plenty of people in the area that can afford to go to games. There's just definitely something missing in that effort to make it happen. So that's what I have for now on this uh, attempt to address the Marlins small market myth. On Friday, I'll be back with you with some more like insight into marketing, how the Dodgers got to the stature they currently have, and 
really what sort of gesture the Marlins could be making to attract those potential fans that might or might not be real. The doubt being that maybe baseball isn't for everyone. I'm of the opinion that it could be. So for now, I've been Andrew Wardall. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with you on Friday.